You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 213. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today's date, or a little bit after this comes out, today's date is February 22nd, 2222. I always want to point out the mathematically significant dates. I mean, I know they're not really mathematically significant from my perspective, maybe more numerologically significant, but still, I love, uh, I love, reaching, I, I love reaching these milestones and pointing them out, 22222. Uh, anyway, so today uh, we're going to talk about this big, oh, what, what words for these things, kerfuffle, big kerfuffle in the AI community this week as OpenAI founder seems to suggest that the models his team is building, um, he's not saying they're like totally conscious, but he's saying they might be a little bit conscious. Uh, so not like, uh, not, not, uh, conscientious, not conscientious, uh, but, uh, conscious, like becoming self-aware or something like that. So there's some pieces in futurism.com that follow this and there's all this stuff on Twitter. Everybody's making fun of it. So let's take a look at what's really going on. Uh, so first of all, the tweet is from Ilya Sutskever. Uh, Sutskever. Oh God, I hope I pronounced that right. Ilya Sutskever, I'll, I'll go with that. Chief scientist of the OpenAI Research Group. And he tweeted uh, today that it may be that today's large neural networks are slightly conscious. Let's see if, um, let me pull up the tweet here to make sure that it's actually, yeah, that's exactly what he wrote. It may be that today's large um, neural networks are slightly conscious, so there's very little uh, context there. Um, so before we go on, OpenAI, what is OpenAI? OpenAI, as you might recall if you listen to this podcast regularly, it's an AI research organization based in San Francisco. It counts Elon Musk as an investor. It's kind of independent from Google, and it's got some, but it has some of these big names in it, these big names in tech, in tech uh, you know, Sam Altman is another one. He does Y Combinator, all that stuff. Uh, Musk, he left the organization due to disagreements, and I'll get to that in a second. But I, as I read through this, I'm actually starting to see why they got together in the first place, why Elon Musk ended up investing in this. So we've spoken about some of their technology on the show before. For example, we spoke about OpenAI in episode 187, uh, when we talked about GPT-3, which is their natural language processing um, extraordinaire <laughs> neural network where they just threw a ton of processing power at it and they um, uh, threw a very deep network architecture at it and tried to learn how to generate language. And they used it to generate code as well as language. And so this is deep learning, very advanced stuff, very state-of-the-art stuff. Um, it can compose letters and items, and but... It seems to, when you play around with it, it seems like the stuff it's composing, it doesn't really understand what it's doing. Obviously, code maybe is a little bit different. Also, I'm going to recall episode 83. Speaking of Elon Musk, that was not about, uh, that was not about OpenAI. But that, I, I want to talk about episode 83 when there was this, or recall episode 83, when there was this awkward exchange between Jack Ma, um, who is this business tycoon in China, and Elon Musk regarding AI, where is Jack Ma these days? 
Who knows? He hasn't really been seen in public. There's speculation that he's having some problems with the Chinese government. Um, they don't like when people are uh, get too powerful over there, so he might be laying low. I don't know what the issue is there. Uh, who knows? Um, but anyway, I pointed out in that episode that uh, Jack Ma and Elon Musk are on totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Jack Ma is like, AI really can't do anything. It's just a fancy calculator. And, um, you know, maybe that's an oversimplification, but that sort of seems like what he's, what he's talking about. Um, some of his explanations seem a little strange, but it's also like it's a legitimate point of view to say that really AI, you know, you can't have a robot that is, you know, uh, delivering, um, you know, delivering food through through drones and figuring out where the houses are, and all of a sudden it decides, hey, you know what? Let me uh, let me start a revolution and over overturn you, uh, over overthrow the the human government or something like that. Like that's not going to happen. Um, like you see on the movie iRobot or something like that, or maybe well, iRobot was a little different because that was kind of uh, if I remember correctly, they baked it into the robots they were creating, but it's not going to happen. You know, um, just through the the kind of machines that we're we're used to um, in any organic way, or, or the, the, that's that's the um, the uh, that's the point of view. It's a very legitimate point of view because it totally seems it totally seems um, plausible. Uh, you know, <laughs> anyone who's who's written programs and, and done machine learning and done AI realize that you're trying to solve the single problem. It's not going to come alive. Uh, anytime soon, come alive in the sense of become super intelligent. Although there are other people on the other end of this spectrum, like Elon Musk, who say that could happen. And he seems to think that when that happens, only has to happen once, something sparks a super intelligence. And then this AI could be the most dangerous thing in existence. And it's the only thing really that we should be talking about and thinking about are really very high on our list. Kind of like people who talk about climate change feel like oh, this is the only issue because climate change is a threat to humanity and therefore we should only talk about climate change. There are people who look at AI and they say, okay, this could be the big threat to humanity and this should be the only thing that we should talk, we can talk about. Uh, truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but um, anyway, uh, so, so Musk and Ma are totally on opposite ends of the spectrum here. So that speaks to Musk's interest in a company like OpenAI. Uh, they are probably like-minded in the sense that they like to speculate about the fantastical possibilities of the technology that they're working on, both the upside and the downside, and the ability to prevent the outside and uh, uh, prevent the downside, uh, and also the ability to get enormous upside. And I, I sort of see, uh, I see kind of a a a a similar thread here uh, into the way that Elon Musk talks about going to Mars is like, let's make humanity an interplanetary species. Let's uh, make sure that, um, you know, if we destroy this planet, we have a spare and, you know, all that stuff, which sort of sounds, could sound a little fantastical as an investor. Some people say, oh, that's just a bunch of, you know, marketing gobbledygook. But I actually think he, uh, you know, whether you, think that um, these are good reasons to invest or not. Maybe it's ridiculous, but uh, I, I think he really believes this, and I really, I think he really, um, I think, thinks this way. I, I, I certainly think there are a lot of people who think this way, and they have very kind of visionary views of 
technology. And the people who get things done are often visionaries, but a lot of those projects also don't get uh, don't don't come to fruition. So so we need people like that in society. Um, and so I think you know you don't always get this kind of alignment between investors and management on this ideological dimension in terms of thinking fantastically about the technology that you're working on. But it seems like even though they don't particularly see eye to eye now, it seems like. Elon Musk and the uh, people who start who are working at OpenAI, including um, this uh, chief scientist uh, Ilya, uh, they uh, they sort of are, are are similar in that way, and so so I kind of see that similarity, which might be why they got together in the first place. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, let's let's look at this article. Uh, this article goes on. Uh, it starts by uh, talking about how, uh, yes, maybe today's large neural networks are slightly conscious. And then even stranger is the fact that OpenAI was founded as a nonprofit meant to specifically curb the existential risks sentient machines pose before, in an eyebrow-raising twist, diving into research trying to bring powerful AI into existence. In 2019... Musk left OpenAI amid news that the group had made a, quote, fake news text generator that some believe was too dangerous to release. Honestly, this is aside from me. Like, what? (laughs) how could a text generator that generates fake news be too dangerous to release with all the crap that goes out there to begin with? But anyway, uh, Musk said that he was leaving the organization, which was founded in 2015, because he didn't agree with what some of the OpenAI team wanted to do and had been involved with it for more than a year. Just a month later, OpenAI announced that it was no longer a nonprofit, now operates on a cap profit model. Since then, Musk seems to have diverged further from his initial critical stance to the point that this year he prophesied that Tesla's forthcoming humanoid robots might play a role in AGI Um sort of a super intelligence thing, though he added uh, uh, the general intelligence, uh, artificial general intelligence, that's what it stands for, though he added that his car company would do its, quote, best to keep its AI in check and somehow achieve decentralized control of the robots. So (laughs) once again, they say that these two organizations are diverging, Elon Musk and Tesla on one hand, and Ilya and um, OpenAI on the other hand, I see a common thread once again, where as Elon Musk is like, our cars, the technology in our cars, they're going to solve artificial general intelligence. We see that AGI, that's sort of in the in the lingo of AI, that's sort of, that's the super intelligence, that's when it kind of figures out where it is and becomes conscious and um, and all that stuff and has a deep understanding of the world. So he's saying, oh, our cars might... Might might do this, and um, the OpenAI people are saying, "Oh, our our, our mathematical models um, that are being computed by machines that might be just a little bit conscious." Um, and it it is kind of a little bit of a hype. It's 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 once again it's an inflated view of the technology, but perhaps you could say it's also a cautious view of technology, at least on the Elon Musk side, when he's saying hey, we have to be careful about what these things can do. Nothing wrong with that. And probably even thinking along those lines probably leads to newer innovation, particularly if you put some good engineers on it. So continuing, 
It's also stayed in the headlines, including notably when it's alarmingly smart GPT-3 model, we're talking again uh, back on OpenAI, GPT-3, when it's alarmingly smart GPT-3 model was used by one programmer to make a chatbot emulating his dead fiance. And when a group of gamers worked to convince the bot to spew out uh, pedophilic content. Ooh, I didn't know what I was reading here. This is okay. This, this stuff is kind of creepy. Um, but you know, it kind of reminds me of there was a uh, an episode that we did very early on. I want to have a guess of uh, which one it is. Uh, it's like AI gone. Yes, episode eighteen. AI gone psychopathic embellishment versus fact, which is again what we're talking about today. Um, I think that it's very easy to trick one of these machines into saying some crazy stuff. And you know what? It, you know why it's easy? Because these machines actually aren't very smart. They're very fancy statistical models, but they don't really understand what they're doing. They're more mimicking what humans do. So you could make, you know, you could make a parrot, uh, a, a gray parrot, say some crazy stuff. It doesn't necessarily know what it's saying. Um, I think a gray parrot is probably smarter than these AIs. Um, and so again, like you can have a robot say all sorts of crazy stuff and, uh, and, uh, again, it still doesn't understand. And when you put on a, a filter, oh, we're going to build a filter to make sure that the robot only says nice things, uh, or maybe not, maybe not like that. Maybe just to make sure it doesn't say like totally psychopathic things. It still doesn't really understand what it's doing. It's just being put through a little statistical model. So OpenAI has since reconfigured GPT-3, reading on, which, as the MIT Technology Review reported in January of 2022 this year, is now much, quote, better behaved, which also sounds a little creepy, like it, it's almost where, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly how it's working. Um, I'm, I'm always concerned when AI research, I, on one hand, I feel like it's necessary for AI researchers to go in and, you know, take out uh, uh, things that are, they're horrible, uh, like we've mentioned before, that, that, that a bot could say. On the other hand, I don't have a whole lot of uh, faith these days that some of these research teams are not using it to, like, patrol the speech of the people uh, who, are, who, who want to program this thing and, and want kind of a, a tightly controlled uh, want to be able to tightly control societal norms to their benefit, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for this one and say that's what they're doing. Uh, reading on, it may be hyper-advanced. It may be that hyper-advanced AI is inevitable. It could also be that progress fizzles out and we never see it or that it takes a very long time. But seeing a prominent expert say that we're already seeing the rise of conscious machines is jarring indeed. I kind of ask my side, is it jarring or did he just decide to say it? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, just to just to be a little provocative. All right. So that's a bit more on open AI. I want to get into this whole consciousness issue uh, in a few. But first, let's check in with this follow up article titled uh, also in futurism.com. This follow up article is titled researchers furious over the claim that AI is already conscious. Subtitle, they're mad. So probably, once again, a fairly hyped-up article, but good on them for getting clicks over at futurism.com. All right, I'll read here. 
After OpenAI's chief scientist brazenly claimed that some neural networks may already be gaining consciousness, others in the field are pushing back. The backlash comes after we pointed out yesterday that OpenAI co-founder Ilya Sutskever had cryptically claimed that it may be today's large neural networks are slightly conscious. By the way, I'm sorry, I, I mean no disrespect if I get Ilya Sutskever's last name wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, I, I mean that genuine. <laughs> I know that you know, a lot of these podcasts when they're talking about politics, they want to show political disrespect to, um, to uh, people by, by, or, or, or like politicians or journalists by pronouncing their name wrong. Um, I get that. I'm, I'm all for it in certain circumstances. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm, I, I apologize. I'm sure he understands. He gets his name wrong. People get my name wrong all the time, too. People always ask, you know, is it, is it Skylar, even though there's no Y in there? And uh, I don't know why people do that. Come to think of it, people can't spell it either. How many times? I think feel like I'm on the phone every day. And, uh, by the way, and... Uh, you know, I have to spell out my name and I go S-K-L-A-R and they go S-K-A what? And, I, and, and then I get confused because all of a sudden they flipped some letters around and I'm like, what do you do here? Uh, uh, yeah, and, and so I have to respell it again. Uh, but um, anyway, sorry, Ilya. Uh, I, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm not, I'm not doing this on purpose. Anyway, uh, going on. After publication... The results came rolling in with some representing the expected hand-wringing about sentient artificial intelligence, but many others calling bull. Uh, every time such speculative comments get an airing, it takes months of effort to get the conversation back to more realistic opportunities and threats posed by AI. UNSW Sydney AI researcher Toby Walsh chimed in, Valentina Valentino Zoka, a deep learning expert whose day job is a vice president at Citi, had a similarly hot take, claiming that AI is not conscious, but apparently the hype is more important than anything else. Independent sociotechnologist Jurgen or Jurgen uh, uh, Guter, who goes by the pseudonym Tante online, so you know you could trust him, quipped in response to Sutskever's tweet that it may also be that this take has no basis in reality and is just a sales pitch to claim magical tech capabilities for a startup that runs very simple statistics, just a lot of them, um, which is, you know, uh, um, maybe not a flattering, but um, in, in some sense, not totally unfair uh, characterization. Uh, although, you know, run, running very statistical st- statistics and a lot of them as in like the most ever and um, sort of a complicated combination could produce very powerful, powerful results, um, which is what OpenAI does. So I wouldn't diminish it in that way, but it's not, it's, it's not untrue. It starts off with some simple statistics, builds it together in something complicated, and then <laughs> but throws a lot of power at it. But there's nothing wrong with that. Continuing on, That take was echoed by software uh, testing specialist Michael Bolton. Um, No relation to the Michael Bolton and no relation to the character on uh, Office Space, uh, who joked that it may may be that Ilya Sutskever is slightly full of it, or perhaps even maybe more than slightly going, playing off of the slightly uh, thing. So people are kind of upset. Leon... uh, 
oh God, everyone's name, very hard to pronounce here, Leon Dersnitsky, an associate professor at the IT University of Copenhagen, ran with the same idea. It may be that there's a teapot orbiting the sun somewhere between the Earth and Mars, he bantered. There seems uh, more reasonable than Ilya's musing, in fact, because the apparatus for the orbit exists and we have good definitions of teapots. Still others, including Microsoft Norway, data scientist and former DeepMind researcher Roman Wepikowski, <laughs> oh my God, what are they doing to me here? Responded to the news with a meme approach. Okay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. I've seen tons of memes on this. I've seen a lot of like, you know, images of neural network architectures, which um, are basically, you know, neural network architecture is, um, you know, you'll, you know, if you want to think uh, in terms of, you know, the most imaginative way, Neural network architecture is kind of how the brain works with like different neurons connecting to each other. If you want to just talk about what it is and kind of downplay the imaginative aspect of it and downplay the kind of um, biological as uh, uh, analogy aspect to of it, it's really these tiny modules that we call neurons, each of which is, you know, um, calculating some something and tell each of which has a very simple statistical model in it and then they're connected in a certain way. That's sort of a network topology, and they're getting examples and uh, improving in that way, and then that creates a neural network that allows you to um, break the, uh, uh, figure out how to do image recognition or, uh, or, or audio recognition, all sorts of things that, um, that you could do with machine learning. And so there are different network architectures here, and people draw little pictures. Uh, you know, is there perceptron, uh, you know, uh, um, convolutional neural acts? So people drew a bunch of these uh, network architectures that you could find on Wikipedia and say, like, and said, like, you know, which ones of these are conscious? Which is sort of like asking which math equations are conscious. Do some of you out there believe that a math equation could be conscious? I don't know. Again, it depends on what your de definition of consciousness is, and we'll go over that in a second. So, uh, but before we do that, I want to get into some of the some more responses to this tweet. We don't have a lot of uh, responses that are for it. I did see one, and I couldn't find it again, saying, hey, like, the people at OpenAI are talking about machine consciousness, but the people at these other places are saying, yeah, machine can't be conscious. And so, why would you want to work for those people? Why wouldn't you want to work for the most imaginative people out there? And there's something to be said for that. But again, like, you know, uh, there's also something to be said that, like, you know, this guy's not basing his comments on anything. And so um, I shouldn't work there. But anyway, that's that's the thing. So first is uh, uh, first comment is from Jan LeCun. Jan LeCun is longtime, very well-known AI researcher. He was my professor at NYU in 2010. I wonder if that was on one of the um, one of the six uh, six courses that uh, yes, yeah, six university courses that influenced me in surprising ways. Yes, that was in it. Machine learning at NYU. That was with uh, with Jan LeCun. He's currently the head of AI at Meta, formerly Facebook, and he. Um, has invented things all the way going back to, I think, the 80s or the 70s, uh, when he must have been fairly young, in, uh, in machine vision. See, he kind of came up with this convolutional neural net to sort of crack how do you get a machine to sort of start to classify images. So he writes on this, 
in response to uh, the OpenAI tweet on consciousness. Nope, not even true for small values of slightly conscious and large values of not large neural nets. I think you would need a particular kind of macro architecture that none of the current networks possess. So I'd want to, if I had Jan LeCun here, I'd want to kind of open this up a little more because that opens the question for me, what kind of macro architecture is he talking about? And uh, why isn't he talking about it more? Because I feel like, you know, um, how do you produce uh, consciousness for the macro architect? Because you know, people are drawing different neural nets, and which is like, you know, different circles connected with lines. And it's like, well, what, what picture still creates consciousness? That sort of seems like a question that's so absurd that um, if it has an answer and you could justify that answer in a thoughtful way, I'm like, well, that's interesting. I want to hear about that. Uh, the other response that I found interesting was from Judea Pearl. And Judea Pearl is a um, academic researcher, once again, very long time, very, you know, did Bayesian inference in, in, again, back in the day, I don't know exactly when, 1980s, 1970s. I always think, you know, before I was born and um, moved over from a uh, uh, Bayesian inference to talk about causality uh, because... Uh, uh, you know, he believes that, um, or, or he believes he he noticed that um, causality has a lot to do with AI. I'll get to that in a second. But his uh, his tweet is rushing to gleefully agree with Jan LeCun on this point. Before a system can lay claims to consciousness, it must exhibit deep understanding of some domain which large neural networks have yet to exhibit by answering questions at all three levels of the reasoning hierarchy. So again, I'm not going to get into the levels of the reasoning hierarchy. Causality is a big part of this. This goes back to understanding that he mentioned. So, uh, you know, we talked about natural language understanding or just understanding in general. Aaron and I spoke about this in episodes 134 and 135. Just to recap, some of our conclusions on that, but you know, I'd love to go back to that in more detail. I think it's an open question of whether uh, kind of statistical models of of the type that OpenAI is doing and actual understanding it, whether there's a qualitative difference or it's just one is uh, I, I consider something to have understanding when it's more than that. I suspect that there is a qualitative difference that when you seek to build a model that has understanding. You're actually trying to um, have it learn specific concepts and then and then codify the concepts' relationships to each other and what they might be, uh, rather than having them kind of statistically floating around in some sort of a, some sort of a vector space. Uh, I think with that we can build machines that have understanding. I think that um, you know, if the head of OpenAI research said something like, "Our models have a degree of understanding," or if he said our models have a vastly higher degree of understanding of the world than the previous state of the art, then it would be far less controversial. And I don't think any of these people would disagree. Maybe some of them would disagree. It would be interesting to see. Unfortunately, we don't get to see. But I think it would be far less controversial. However, OpenAI does take the type of statistical approach, which I'm not sure leads to understanding as much as they think. I think we could do a lot better. Um, I, Judea Pearl would say that understanding is related to causality, understanding those relationships. How does my act, how do my actions affect the world? He sort of moved over from Bayesian inference to study these relationships as the kind of important basis 
for true artificial intelligence. After all, if you're an artificial intelligence, if, if, you're, if you're building an artificial intelligence and you don't know what the consequences of your actions will be, whether it's speech from a, a text robot, and we've seen this, you know, that from the psychopathic uh, robots that we talked about before, or or uh, commands from an automated system, like you know, an automated uh, 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 server or something, or or movements from a physical robot or or a car. If you don't understand, you know that uh, hey, if I'm a robot and I punch the wall hard enough, my hand's going to go through the wall. You're not very smart. You could kind of do damage. And you can understand that, like, hey, I'm dealing with uh, uh, bricks here, but if I'm dealing with human beings, then, then um, you know, the consequences could be grave if I hurt the human being. But if I, you know, hurt the inanimate object, then, um, you know, maybe there's a certain cost, but it's, it's not as big a deal. You know, this requires way more understanding about the world and almost, almost does it require a, a general intelligence. It requires a much greater understanding about the world and... Um, uh, and also an understanding of the environment. So you really have to understand, like, not just the statistical model, but, like, how does the world work? Like, the AI has to go through kind of what a baby goes through, like, oh, if I, you know, if I, if I move my hand, I could hit my face. You know, how, how does the three-dimensional world work? How does, um, you know, and, and how do my actions affect it? And so you have to know about, like, kind of physics, not necessarily the equations of physics, but the, um, the kind of general knowledge of, of, how, how, of, of like what your actions are, particularly if you're interacting with the physical world. If you're interacting as a chatbot, you need to know kind of the basics of, of language. But then if you know the basics of language, you have to know the basics of you know, how words relate to each other. And that does require some degree of physics. It was interesting. Um, it's always interesting to me, like, I, I feel that machine intelligence is so different from human intelligence because you want it to kind of learn physics like a, an infant or toddler will learn physics kind of by doing and by observing the world. On the other hand, for a machine, we could just give it the, the equations of physics and gravity and have it work out the rest. And so the second way is kind of more efficient for the machine than the first way. You kind of want to give it both because the you know if it if it learns more like a, a child it kind of figures out different types of things but then you can make it super intelligent by feeding it the equations uh, so it's sort of um it's sort of interesting uh it, it's sort of interesting how how machines can be very different kinds of intelligence so but so that was a little bit of an aside on understanding i think that um uh machines will get understanding or they have understanding, we can work on understanding. We understand understanding, we understand intelligence, we could build those things. But there is a wide gap between artificial understanding and artificial consciousness. Because consciousness to me suggests that there's an inner life, a subjective experience where you are creating a being that experiences things and is involved in shaping those experiences. As humans, we experience what it's like to be us. Each one of us knows what it's like to be 
me, whoever you consider the, 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 the term me to be for, for, for you. And uh, <laughs> you understand what it's like to be you, <laughs> but you call you me. Okay. And we use the argument by analogy also to determine that other humans have those same experiences that have that same inner life. Maybe we look at animals and we think that animals have a degree of consciousness as well, perhaps to the same extent perhaps to a lesser extent, we can talk about that. Does a plant or a tree or fungus actually experience being a plant, tree, or fungus, or are they more like robots? How can you do an experiment to tell if that's true or not? Like, I could tell if a tree reacts to things. Uh, I could tell if it reacts to sound and, you know, um, wind and sunlight. And if you sing to a plant, maybe it grows. I don't know. But does that mean that there's an inner experience there? I don't know. And so I think, you know, how, how, how you can tell whether that's true or not is, um, is, is the important question. It's the same with AI. How can we tell if an artificial intelligence has a subjective experience. Sometimes sometimes people say that AI consciousness is an emergent property. I really, really hate that. Um, so what that means is that, you know, hey, it's not apparent that this thing is conscious when the models are small. When you're just adding a bunch of numbers or you're doing linear regression or you're doing logistic regression, you know, you, you can't tell. You're just manipulating some numbers. But when models get really large, it starts to have, or if you're doing a hot dog uh, classifier, uh, when the model starts to get really large, it starts to have consciousness like humans. It's something that the, the analogy here is kind of to water and wetness or to like the property of a river, which is emergent from individual water molecules. Wa individual water molecules are not wet and individual water molecules uh, cannot create a river, not even a very small one. Um, it's something that emerges. I have to get lots of water molecules together, but individual water molecules do give off forces. Um, they give off uneven forces on the molecular level that causes them kind of a, a stickiness with other wa water molecules. And if you could use this stickiness and work, work your way up, you can kind of explain how lots of them together create wetness or um, a lot of them together in terms of a river with, uh, with you know, gravity and, uh, and geology, how that creates flow. So, likewise, I could see how, um, you know, AI systems whose components are good at doing maybe a single mathematical operation, kind of a neural network, one, one net, neuron, can come together to provide something very intelligent or even understanding because you have one neuron figuring out something simple, small amount of intelligence, and then lots of them together providing large amount of intelligence. But how... Could that possibly work for consciousness? That's the open question I have for today. Um, I have not yet heard a good argument for how they produce consciousness. What is the property on the small level that um, added together gives us full consciousness and self-awareness and a subjective inner life on the big level? So on this question, my understanding is that and if there's a scientist here who can who can correct me or or can can point me to something more interesting please let me know I'll share it on the on the show but on this question it seems like science is stuck and I'm not certain we'll be stuck forever hopefully some ingenious team or individual comes up with a way to test for consciousness or for subjectivity and to learn more about it but right now it's very hard to say
So what's my final verdict? Ilya Sutskever, chief scientist at OpenAI, is is getting ahead of himself by using the term consciousness and for now should stick to the scale of intelligence and understanding, which is incredible, by the way. So they should point to that. But if he's interested in consciousness, there should be an effort to fund research into what it is and how it works because I haven't currently seen anything interesting work in that area. So that's fascinating. If you if, if you want to uh, weigh in, uh, please let me know what you think on uh, maximum.locals.com or email the show at localmaxradio at, at gmail.com. Um, I definitely want to get more into this. Um, Aaron and I often get into the philosophy of AI and every, every year, um, every few months we take this up, we kind of go one step further, we improve it a little bit. And, um, and, and these discussions are very fruitful because they help the, even the, 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 the mainline researcher and, and engineer understand how to have these conversations and understand, well, um, you know, how should I, um, when should my BS detector go off? I'm not actually even giving you the, the, uh, the, the full answer on that, but hopefully I'm giving you the tools to figure out when should my BS detector go off? Um, you know, how, how should we think about, you know, what kind of projects we can do to understand more about this um, on, I, I hopefully, you know, hopefully we could talk to some scientists who are, who are interested in this and, and try to figure out what, what to do. All right. So um, what else do we want to talk about in the future? I didn't start this podcast as a political show, but obviously, um, oh, by the way, so, so that's that's all I have there. So definitely check out on Locals. I, I didn't start this podcast as a political show, um, but uh, <laughs> why do I get the feeling that um, the we're getting closer and closer to a point where kind of it, the rubber meets the road here in terms of what's going on, uh, you know, in the world and uh, in this country and, and in, the, in, in the Western world, you know, Canada for sure, I, you know, I just see things getting increasingly authoritarian, um, more censorship, more blocking of funds. We've had many years of warnings here. And so I, I feel like we should talk about it more. I don't have a huge audience, not like I can affect it. But, um, you know, if, if we need to talk about uh, the world and how to interact with it and get out of our local maximums here, I feel like our political systems are certainly in a local maximum, and we're certainly um, we're certainly worse off for it because wherever we're at right now, uh, you know, things are just getting worse and worse. We're digging deeper and deeper into some of these holes. So let's talk about that a little bit more. I'm not exactly sure how to how to bring that up, um, but uh, open to open to guests here. You know, every week now we're kind of under threat of the breakout of a major European war. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I, uh, I recently tweeted about, uh, that, that, that guy in, in Louisville who was, who, uh, you know, shot, uh, this, this guy running for mayor in, in Louisville. And, it seemed like the man was kind of mentally unstable, um, deeply anti-Semitic uh, in terms of some of his writings and stuff on online, and he so he went after this Jewish candidate, uh, and he was bailed out by BLM, and and is is walking the street after a couple days, and it just seems crazy to me, given 
how many people are being put in jail and having their funds frozen for nonviolent acts, then you have the powers that be able to bail this guy out. Now, I believe that everybody deserves a proper defense and a speedy trial. So I'm not saying, you know, lock this guy up forever and throw away the key, even if it's for attempted murder. You know, he shouldn't be mistreated in jail, should be presumed innocent until, uh, uh, until proven guilty. But if someone's going around trying to shoot people, then uh, it seems like they should be separated from the population for a time until we establish that. And um, it's sort of like, it, and, and it's sort of crazy how this, this like, you know, kind of hate-fueled crime is, is being treated this way. And so that's why I, I sort of tweeted about that. And um, I don't know, man, there's a lot of double standards going on in today's world and uh and it, and, it, and it gets kind of dark so hopefully we'll talk about some of this soon uh also want to talk about ai i don't want to lose you know lose focus on the big picture um but uh but this stuff is not just interesting but it's important to me and there's some crazy stuff going on in the world so if if you want me to cover that let me know Locals or maximum.locals.com and localmaxradio at gmail.com. I think that's all that I have for today. All right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the local maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.